Welcome to Tech Tales. I'm Corbin Davenport. And I'm Cody Toombs. And today we're back talking about Voyager 1 and 2, which were space probes launched in the 1970s that explored the solar system. And in the last episode, we, we talked about how they were built and all of the government shenanigans that took place during that process. But now they're now they're ready. We're getting to the good stuff now. The good stuff where those those probes finally got to do what all the rest of us wish we could do. Get away from this rock. Yes, they are free now. So the first Voyager probe to get away from this planet, as Cody put it, was Voyager 2, which launched on August 20th of 1977. This is kind of confusing. Uh, NASA called the first one to launch Voyager 2 because it was going to get to Jupiter, like the first target, after the other one. So <laughs> so Voyager 2 was launched first, but it was going to get to Jupiter second. So they called it Voyager 2. I, I feel like that's more confusing. I don't think that's less confusing. So Voyager 2 was launched on August 20th. Voyager 1 was launched on September 5th, that same year, 1977. The first kind of noteworthy thing that Voyager 1 does is the day after it's launched on September 6th, it captures the first photo that included both the Earth and the Moon in the single frame. So I will send this photo to you and you can look at it. All the pictures and sources and everything from this episode are in the show notes if, if anyone wants to go look at those. These are some great photos. This this one isn't like that great of a photo, though. It's <laughs> No, it, it's not. To be fair, if you sat down and Photoshopped this a little bit to kind of remove the noise and wow, that is some out of focus Earth, but... So that picture was taken by Voyager 1 in September of 1977. In February of 1978, when it's on its way to Jupiter now, it has a partial breakdown. So <laughs> didn't quite get to Jupiter yet. We're already having issues. Oh, it, we're already into National Lampoon's uh, vacation territory. <laughs> National Lampoon's space exploration. <laughs> Chevy Chase is in charge of the Voyager program. So in the last episode, we talked about how Voyager 1 and 2 had all of their scientific stuff on a rotating platform on one of the arms. So they could rotate the, the cameras and all the sensors and stuff without moving the entire spacecraft. In this case, Voyager 1 scan platform became stuck and wouldn't move. NASA engineers were eventually able to transmit commands to Voyager 1 that sort of got it unstuck. I, I don't quite know what they did or the details there, but they, they mostly worked that out. Execute Operation Jiggle it a little <laughs> Jig bit. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they deployed the can of WD-40. <laughs> so that was in February of 1978. In April of 1978, Voyager 2 also has a breakdown. So we talked about in, in the last episode that Voyager 1 and 2 had a like semi-autonomous computer system. Like it could sort of make decisions on its own to try to correct some, some basic problems. 
And one of the mechanisms there was this timer. And how this worked is that NASA would occasionally send commands to Voyager to reset this timer. So the idea is that if the timer runs out, it means that the probe isn't really like getting anything from NASA. So there's probably an issue somewhere that the probe needs to figure out. Now, the problem is that someone at NASA forgot to send the reset command. <laughs> so they specifically forgot to reset the command to Voyager 2. So Voyager 2's timer ran out, which activated the fault protection software that was intended to diagnose a problem. So Voyager 2 software assumed that its radio receiver was broken, which is like, that's that makes sense, right? Like if you're not getting signals, the first thing you would assume is like, oh, my radio's not working. Yeah, checks out. So Voyager 2 switches to its backup radio receiver, which was not functioning properly. <laughs> oh, God. NASA realizes this is happening. And they realize the backup receiver is not responding to commands from Earth. So the only thing NASA could do was just wait for Voyager 2 to switch back to the original receiver on its own. Like after a while, it would, it would just give up and, and go back to the first one. Voyager 2 did eventually switch back to the first receiver. And then that original receiver shorted out. <laughs> oh, nice. So they start trying to diagnose this backup receiver, which is now the only receiver. And they realized it was still drawing an electric current from the power generators. So like it was still like it was still on. It just like was it there was something else wrong with it. They eventually narrow it down to the oscillator in the radio that they, they think is not working. And I'm not a radio technician or a scientist or anything but my understanding is that the oscillator is it, it corrects for factors that happen with radio signals over large distances or or with other radiation stuff going on so what nasa engineers do is they make this computer algorithm that basically does that correction work but on their end so they make a program that accounts for the doppler shift in radio signals, it accounts for the temperature of like the Voyager probe and, and the environment and such. So, so basically, all this is doing what Voyager Two is supposed to be doing on its own. So, NASA sends a command with their specially crafted algorithm, and it works. They can talk to Voyager Two again. So, from this point on, every time NASA communicates with Voyager, they have to run it through this special program. Because, like, before Voyager 2 basically got anywhere, both of its radios were broken. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a good, clever, funny thing to say about it. That just hurts. And, like, you can't turn around and go back home. <laughs> it's, it's already going. So you just kind of have to figure it out. So it's definitely a National Lampoon's road trip movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Voyager 1 makes its closest approach to Jupiter on March 5th of 1979. So this is the first time either of the probes get to a planet. When Voyager 1 gets there, which is the first one to get there, it discovers Jupiter has a ring system like Saturn. It's, it's obviously much more faint, which is why we didn't know about it before then, but it is there. 
Voyager 1 also discovers two more moons around Jupiter that we didn't know about before, which were Thebe and Mitis. I think I'm saying that right. And both of these moons orbited very close to Jupiter, and they were very small, which is why we didn't see them before. They're, they're kind of more like asteroids than like what we might think of as a moon. Voyager 1 also made some detailed observations of Jupiter's giant red spot. We got some nice uh, photos of, of that very scary storm that's probably been going for hundreds of years. Voyager 1 also detects lightning on Jupiter, which is the first time we had found lightning on anything except the Earth, which is kind of wild. Voyager 1 also approaches Io, one of Jupiter's moons, and captures photos of active volcanoes, which again is the first time we're seeing active volcanoes outside of the Earth. Also, Jupiter's higher-than-expected radiation levels actually caused more difficulties in transmitting commands to Voyager 1, and one of the uh, instruments on Voyager 1 was damaged as a result. Jupiter puts out an insane amount of radiation. Like that's that's probably the most unrealistic part of uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey. If you've if you've seen that, is is that they just hang around Jupiter for a really long time and don't die. And plot twist: this was our first clue that there's actually aliens inside of Jupiter. We just never bothered to ask the right questions. They don't want us there. They tossed all their. <laughs> <laughs> They're like pump up the radiation. We got to get these guys out of here. Keep out the riffraff. Yeah. So Voyager 2 arrives shortly afterwards on July 9th, 1979, and this is when we get the first images of Jupiter's ring system. Voyager 2 discovers another moon, Adastria, which scientists found as a very tiny dot in Voyager 2's photos. <laughs> so like, we still don't really know much about this specific moon because it's so small and is so close to Jupiter. There was actually another probe much later, the Galileo spacecraft that also took a picture of it, which is also a tiny dot. So it we didn't really help there, but it's just, it's very small and probably just a, a small rock. It turns out by some wacky coincidence, they both, both just happen to get dust on the lens at exactly the same place. Yeah, the dust dot. The one kind of interesting thing about this moon is that it's one of the few known moons in the solar system that orbits its planet in less than the length of that planet's day. So before Jupiter has a whole day, this this thing is like flung around it. Off the top of your head, do you remember how long Jupiter's days are? I thought those were like super long. I have I have the Wikipedia open. I can I can look at the sidebar. I don't know. I think it's I think it's faster than ours. Oh, is it? Let's see what Wikipedia says. Wikipedia says... According to just a search on Google, it says 9 hours, 56 minutes. So, about 10 hours-ish. Uh, evidently, same with Saturn. Hmm. Yeah, goes, goes quick. Also, Voyager 2 passes the moon of Io again, which is that one that has active volcanoes in it. And... This is funny. When when Voyager 2 went past it, the same volcanoes that were exploding when Voyager 1 went by and took pictures were still exploding. So that meant that their active periods were at least several months long. So now, Cody, I will send you a gallery of photos that Voyager 1 and 2 captured. That's not all the pictures, obviously, because there's like thousands of them, but those are some of the better ones. If I were 
a photographer and I caught these, I'd feel okay about it. It is kind of funny how much, in particular, the red dot just looks like an oil painting gone wrong. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Especially because, like, it's it's all all the clouds are moving around it, and the clouds are are shaped more like like puddles than what mm-hmm. we think of as clouds. It is very cool. I mean, not if you were there. That would no, no, you get irradiated, <laughs> but it's fine. It it went there and took the pictures for us. So that was Jupiter. So next on the travel list was Saturn. Voyager 1 gets close to Saturn and its largest moon, Titan, on November 9th of 1980. And that was over a year after they got to Jupiter. Voyager 1 discovers three more moons around Saturn that weren't previously known, which were Atlas, Prometheus, and Pandora. Most of the interesting data from the approach to Saturn comes from observations of the moon Titan, which is discovered to have a thick atmosphere and the first nitrogen-rich atmosphere beyond Earth. So Titan's very weird. If you go find... uh, there's there's pictures of it. There are actually images from a lander that happened years after this. It's a very weird place. If I if I remember correctly, it has oceans, but they're oceans of liquid methane. Because it's very cold out there, so you can have liquid methane oceans. <laughs> sure. Why not? This ends up being Voyager 1's last stop in the solar system that the path it was on was it was different from Voyager 2's. After it gets past Saturn, it kind of like moves. I think it's above the solar system, sort of. It's either above or below, but it won't get to any more planets. So this was its last stop. Last official. Yeah. But, you know, no trip is ever done. Yeah. It might find aliens later. I don't know. Yeah. One of these days, <laughs> one of these days. All of a sudden, Voyager's going to come rolling back through the solar system, and we're all going to be going, wait, what? Huh? Did a U-turn? <laughs> yeah. Voyager 2 makes its closest approach to Saturn on August 25th of 1981. It got close to several of Saturn's uh, icy moons, they call them, because they're mostly ice. Surprise. It, you get what the name promises you. Yeah, not not trying to deceive anyone here. I will show you photos from Saturn from the Voyager probes now. Voyager 1 and 2 got some really cool photos of like Saturn's rings. Saturn's just cool to look at, so any photos of it I think are pretty cool. It is definitely one of the more unusual things, just, just because of the rings. It's funny because when you look at them, like, it, you see that spot where the ring looks like it just doesn't exist which is of course uh, the planetary shadow across the rings yeah yeah like Um, it looks like it got it like stopped somewhere yeah it it looks like somebody cut it and just screwed up a photoshop edit yeah i knew that this was a thing but somehow i never really thought of it that much but there's a shot in here that shows the shadow of the rings projected onto the planet Mm -hmm. and I, I don't know why I never think about that part of it. That's the one that just doesn't stand out to me as a, oh, yeah, you you would have the planet itself would just have this big, completely blacked out strip of land. Yeah, the the lighting is definitely very weird to look at, which is also 
where you get a lot of people who think that the pictures from the moon landings were fake because the lighting is really weird and the shadows aren't what you would expect. Yeah, but most of those people also believe in flat Earth. Yeah, so. most of those people don't understand how shadows work under normal circumstances. Yeah. Anyway, some of the some of the rings, it, when you look closely at them, you see all the weird little extra stuff in them. Like they're not smooth rings. They they're made up of all kinds of little changes in color, different objects, things that kind of don't exist in or things that kind of hang out in between the bands. Right. There are actual like different levels of rings that are different distances from each other. So some of them have gaps between them. I wonder, okay, this is some part of me is wondering if this is in any way similar to um, a, a centrifuge, the way that things of different, well, mass are basically going to separate if they are accelerated at a certain speed. I kind of wonder if that's how the rings ended up with the different colors of different layers. I know, like, basically how all the rings get there is that at some point there was, at, at least the theories are, obviously, no one watched this happen. But the understanding is that there was, like, an asteroid or a moon or something going around the orbit where that ring is and it just got smashed to pieces and then all those little pieces just became a a ring yeah and there's there's some other photos of um a few saturn's moons in here there's one of titan which is just that the one that just looks really hazy with no details at all <laughs> and also i like that some of these photos from like far out of saturn have little tiny white dots and those are those are the moons in the frame yep very cool so as Voyager 2 began to leave Saturn, its scan platform also became stuck. So same issue that happened to Voyager 1 right after leaving Earth happened here. NASA scientists thought the, the problem was because of how much the platform was moving around to record all that data on Saturn, right? Because it's like it's looking at Saturn and then it's all moving to look at one of the moons and then it's moving again to look at a different moon. And they, they actually thought that... It, Another factor was just that the scan platform did not have enough lubricant. So I'm going to make my WD-40 joke here again. I needed some WD-40. <laughs> and because the scan platform didn't move when it was expected to, right? Because like all these movements are programmed ahead of time. They're, they're not, right? Like there's no one at NASA with like a, like a joystick and getting a live feed from Voyager. There's a radio delay of, I think, several hours. I'm not sure. But like all this is programmed ahead of time. So they programmed all these movements of the platform to get pictures of stuff. And then they realized later that it, that didn't actually happen. So because that scan platform messed up, NASA lost some close-up shots of the moon Enceladus. And they lost some photos of another moon and some data on Saturn's rings. So that was kind of a bummer. Quickly looking it up, apparently the transmission time with Jupiter is about 43 minutes. Transmission time to Saturn is about 79 minutes. That's actually faster than I thought it was by a lot. Yeah, like in addition to the, the radio delay, there's also the fact that Voyager 2 is caching a lot of the data it's, it's observing. Like it, it can't broadcast its observations in real time. A lot of it is stored and then it just keeps on sending data after it's already left. So there's a, there's a pretty long delay with this stuff. 
So now I actually have a news report for us to watch about uh, Voyager 2's platform getting stuck. So start in three, two, one, go. If all had gone according to plan, Voyager scientists had expected to recount details of a successful swing of the spacecraft around Saturn. But the data coming back told another story, and the weary Voyager team faced reporters with word that the camera platform on Voyager 2 no longer is functioning normally. Ordinarily, the camera platform moves two ways, like this, up and down, and then across, like this. The problem here is that it no longer moves across, and that makes it very difficult to get the pictures scientists want from deep space. However, even though some pictures taken on the dark side of Saturn have been lost, Project scientist Edward Stone says many of the mission's goals have been achieved. So it's important to keep in perspective that in the, in, in, in the uh, problem that we've just recently faced, that in fact we have uh, an overwhelming amount of new data, and that in the next few days, I think uh, we're going to be telling you of some very, uh, very nice new things. Were it not for the jamming of the camera platform, scientists here would be ecstatic because the photos coming back from Voyager, photos like this view of Saturn's outer rings, and this showing a tiny shepherding satellite outside the F-ring, are among the best ever. Dan Blackburn, NBC News at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena. That, that's got to be both a rough moment and also the great opportunity to say oh yeah by the way we we still have cool stuff we're just missing the thing everyone is going to complain that we missed right this is also something that's kind of surprising that was at least a big enough deal for there to be some kind of press conference about because you know we mentioned in the first episode that Voyager 1 and 2, their main missions was always just Jupiter and Saturn. So, like, it had already seen a lot of, of those planets. And I also like that this video, part of it has a news anchor standing in front of a, a model of the Voyager probes. And it's really big. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, that's that's kind of something that, like, probably don't think about. But all these probes are enormous. Well, you know, why not? It's not like you got to have a big radar dish and a yeah. radio receiver that doesn't work. <laughs> yes. Well, hey, anyone, if you haven't already, check out the James Webb telescope because holy crap, that thing is enormous. That's a that one's a big boy. Oh, yeah. So that was Voyager one and two reaching Jupiter and Saturn. In the next episode, we're going to talk about Voyager 2 getting to Uranus and Neptune, because even though Voyager 1 is like pieced out of the solar system at this point, uh, Voyager 2 keeps going, but there's more uh, problems with going that far that we'll, we'll talk about. Cody, do you have anything you would like to share? Like any good kid, I would like to share my toys with the world. But in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter. My, uh, I'm at Cody underscore tombs. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have some fun things to announce there someday. I swear. <laughs> before, before Voyager leaves the solar system. Oh, I think that ship's probably. Yeah, it's already yeah. done that. Yeah. I was trying to make uh, a joke. Brain didn't work. Maybe, maybe if they ever do a Voyager three, 